Alfred DaCosta living for him. What are you living for today? Today's show is going to be a little bit different than traditionally. First and foremost, I'm going to try to stop using the word um, because when I listened last time, I think I used it over a hundred times. The other reason this show will be different is because I'm going to be sharing something about myself, which makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable because it makes you vulnerable and open to the scrutiny of those who listen, and also because it could be potentially the most boring thing you've ever done in your life, but there are options, so stay tuned. I'm just going to give you a couple of snippets of some difficult questions um, you'll hear my wife and I go through in an interview I had with her. The inspiration came about by a conversation we had this last Sunday and caused me to do some deeper thinking on it when I heard Victoria Station um, concerning things very similar. It was almost like she was eavesdropping at our kitchen window. Okay, maybe not. Listen to, um, you, you probably remember uh, Victoria and Eric when we, um, when we wished them a happy anniversary a while back, I think is what it was. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 yeah, and the reason why I, I wanted to interview you is because, um, you know, they're, we are them, like, years later. They're, like, I think early 30s and, you know, um, very, you know, very, very much in Christ, of course, very much into each other, very happy with their, their self-image, Um but, you know, there's always problem areas, and as we begin to change, um, one of the questions she was she had just thrown out there is if there were people that were further along. I don't think she was thinking us necessarily, but it resonated with me because she posted that segment a day after um, you and I were sitting at the dinner table talking about this very thing, talking about, um, you know, like our self-image and and the way we see ourselves and how we are changing and how, you know, life is crazy. Well- Further disclaimer, I will say um within the interview because I didn't come up with the um law before then. The other thing is when I say further along, I mean in, what do you call it, um, degradation in... I guess, not degradation, but um, our bodies are decomposing further along than theirs are. Um, As far as relationship, I think they've probably been married as long as we have. Anyways. Now, Victoria, I do not pretend to share equal frankness on this topic. In fact, I have really no business trying to weigh in, which is why I figured I would include the wifey on this and your reasons for wanting to have uh, or to take pride in your image or self-image I felt was pretty important because I know that we're not supposed to be caught up with this sort of thing which is what you mentioned later on but your reasons I feel are extremely valid I think that wanting to be presentable for your significant other and for yourself is pretty important. Now, we know better than to make that the mainstay, but it's still important. I think something that 
the wifey and I discussed was very similar to what you have said collectively is that you would like the outside to match the inside and I heard you say in that segment that you don't know any couples who enjoy the the you know the the battle scars that come after having children and it's an interesting question I would like to try to say something about without landing a cozy spot on the futon um I just used, um, man, oh, so close. One of the things you mentioned was not to flatter you. And I think that's the exact way my wife is. She does not like the flattery. And so I don't bother with outright flattery because I know that it can be interpreted as lying. And so I have other creative methods, and um, which I'll probably mention later. So... The reason why I wanted to do a show on this is because my wife and I are further along in decomposition. I um I did it again. And so at the same time I don't want to make your late 30s sound scary like like after 35 that's it like your stuff starts like like I don't know wasting away <laughs> terribly. You know, it's, the genetics are different. You know, you've got some pretty solid genes over there with your, your mixture over there. But um, I think one thing that's really important is to be able to think of yourself as attractive and how do you arrive at that place. So what I would like to talk about collectively is this. So my plan is to take you on a quick journey on our experience B, B, and A, B, I guess before baby and after baby, starting from the time when we were dating to the time we had our son, I want to give you a little bit of the man perspective as far as how we are wired. I can't speak for all men. I can speak for myself. And then some truth to hang a hat on, perhaps. And then um, I did it again something that I wrestled with before I got married and was in conversation with God about, which is coming up next. So I ask her, the first question I ask is about our vanity days when things were far more shallow and it was all about the appearance and everything from sports she played to Kardashian booty. Well, it's funny because that back in my day, I guess, I um, was very arrogant, but it wasn't because I was vain. It was because I just thought I was, like, um, really good at basketball and singing. And really, so for me, it was more like a, like a vanity of my talents, I guess. Um, okay. And um, so it really wasn't like a main thing. I, I always thought I was just mediocre, and everybody's always like, "You're beautiful. You're just really unique." You know. <laughs> and I was like, "Thanks." <laughs> Get that. <laughs> so.
So I don't know what it's like to be vain, I guess, about, like, your appearance anyway. And and at the time, I thought I was fat, okay? Um, I was, like, super skinny, and I just didn't... I had, like, the Kardashian body without the Kardashians being in. So at the time, it was, like, really, like, long legs and skinny and no hips and not ethnic at all. Now, it's all about small waist, big hips, big booty, and boobs. And that's exactly what I have. Except I didn't have, like, a Kardashian booty, but I did have something. I mean, you know. So I, I just wasn't in at the time. I lived in the wrong decade, um, apparently. And um, so that's fun. And um, so, yeah, I, I, I just wasn't really vain about it. You know, I was just uh, really vain about me, though, and, and me, my talents, and uh, me crushing and basketball and singing like what Houston and Mariah Carey. And it was a small school, so I was popular, <laughs> I guess. I gotcha. gotcha. You're starting to get an idea of what I was up against. I was extremely attracted, and I was very oriented to what I could see. I was wired. And continue to be wired that way as a guy. And I remember the intensity being that to which I would be willing to drink her bath water if it was available. So it took us a while. We dated for several years and then got married. I believe we dated for 10 years and then have been married for about 10 years. And the beginning of it was so exciting in marriage that we didn't realize some of the changes that were taking place. We were happy with the idea of starting our own home and having our own son. And so we didn't think about the stresses and the, the, the speed to which life is moving, the the letting go of some of those things that we used to hold dear weren't realized. And I'm sure that this is probably most people's experience. But then we, we move to this next stage where things kind of slow down a little bit. And you kind of look at yourself now into comparison to what you were then and then you come to those hard questions which i believe uh, came up here so the stage that i think you and eric are at victoria is fantastic because that to me is when my brain caught up with my body so you're like in optimum physical condition and mental condition i can't speak for everyone but i mean you guys look fantastic I mean, I saw the wedding pictures. I was looking at that. And, um, yeah, it, uh, as we passed that threshold, things didn't get worse. They're not getting grim or dark. In fact, they're getting better as we are being reconciled in certain areas. But here's a little bit of what the conversation we had. I think some of the conversation began as she was talking about changes she wants to make. 
especially since we look at our son, and he could certainly use a sibling right now, but she wants to be in a certain physical condition, not perfect, but to be able to have a healthy, a healthy, healthy experience, I guess, where she does deal with certain things with her thyroid and other health. Well, really just that. And she wants to be, she wants to shed a few pounds, so to speak. And so with that conversation, it kind of led us into self-image and the fact that, you know, I'm going to school right now and there are a lot of young ladies out there that she's not a jealous person and I haven't given her any reason to think that I would be, you know, swept away. But, you know, there's just things that you think of and I think that kind of made her think about that maybe. And so I ended up spending some time reassuring her that, you know, that, you know, these chicken heads out here, you know, don't got anything you got. And of course, that could come across as me flattering and it could be hard to believe. But with this journey that I'm trying to describe, maybe I can afford some more clarity with that. And I think what it is for her is that she wants to from what we talked about, is to be able to match me. And that, that sounds weird because I think it's because I think it's the the capacity into which she's functioning right now. We usually enter into several scenes together, but this is, living here in Nebraska City has been different as she's kind of secluded. She's now the breadwinner. So she's working for the money while I'm trying to find a job and finish school, which honestly I, I really hate. I would rather just quit school and be the breadwinner because that's what I'm used to. That's what I enjoy doing. And I think it's kind of like reissued me into like a flash to the past. And so her life here is is not mundane, but it's just it's just repetitive. The people at her workplace are rude. And, you know, I'm going over here and being like a college student again, which she's not resentment. She's not resentful about, but it makes her think about her self-image. I hope some of that made sense. So in the next segment, she talks a little bit about some of the transition as time is playing itself out and what time does, which I'm sure you're very familiar with, and uh, some of what she calls consistency, which actually has nothing to do with me, which I'll explain more when I get to my part about the way I'm wired. Thinking to you in the best light, but then as you get married, you know, that changes, you see you see what the real deal is, you know? And 
So you expect, obviously, some more comfortableness, some more, you know, farting with your leg raised, some more, you know, taking dumps in front of each other. You know, we don't do that, like do we? That. But I see no, what you're saying. We do not. We do not do that. That's disgusting. Um, <clears throat> you know, some things just need to stay private. You know what I'm saying? Anyways, and um, so, you know, really it's just a bunch of convincing. And, and, you know, this is something that I love about, you know, our relationship was obviously I don't think that everyone should take, you know, 20 years or 10 years. Well, we dated for 10 years and married for 10. I don't think everybody should take that long, obviously. And it was just the unique circumstance that we were in. We were, you know, we met so young and, um, so we had to wait, but you know, time, time is really is the 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 ter- determining factor on if this is real, and that's what I was waiting for. I was waiting for you to crack. I was waiting for you to be some psycho guy that you know hits me and you know abuses verbally abuses me or. You know, all the things that could go wrong, basically, because I'm such a negative Nancy that I was waiting for it. And 20 years on, <laughs> that's definitely not you at all. It's just not in your in your DNA to be that way. And obviously, we know that everybody has their flaws. I'm not saying by any means that you're perfect. But, no, it's good to say it, um, but, you know. <laughs> it's good to say it. Okay. Well... I know that you have your flaws and things, and I know that God takes care of the the rest, you know, for you. And um, but it's just it's just yeah. To this day, I mean, still like the first day, and not in the sense of you know fluttery butterflies, you know, and you can't breathe and your heart's racing, not like that. But in the consistency, yeah, definitely. You know, it doesn't matter, you know, how much I've changed. Um, the way, I mean, meaning the way that I looked, or even my attitude has changed because we've both grown up a lot, and but um, it's still consistent as day one. So, yeah, you. consistency, time, you know, all those things are ingredients for I think um, just uh, friendships and relationships, and uh, just anytime you're involved with people, you know, I don't know, yeah. I think that's the main. Those two are important, I guess. Yeah. So what would you say, you know, there's still the fact that, you know, we, it started off as me wanting to drink your bath water. And of course, I'm not as persistent. I mean, I am persistent. I think that you need to, I think that you need to get, give detail on what that means. I think people are just like, why would you want to drink somebody's bath water? I mean, really? Yeah, I see what you're saying. Drinking your bath water simply means that when I saw you, there was an attraction that that reached beyond the standard of attraction. In other words, I was willing to do whatever it took to be where you were at. And if I could do more than just be there, I would have done it. And I would have... <laughs> well, I, what else would I, you be able to do? <laughs> I, I, mean, I, I want to mean? give you a baby. I wanted to give you a baby. Uh, I wanted to copulate. You I gross. To, Yes, I was, I was pursuant and if, yes, and any moment that anyone was not looking, I would try to kiss on you if I could, or hold your hand, 
I mean, I wasn't at the level of depravity as we are today where people are just like, ah, you know, they just want to like skew in the belly, you know, but I did <laughs> want to like, I did want, you know, I pers- I wanted you with all my might and all my mind and it was all that consumed me. And I wrote sonnets of love and I would, mm-hmm. I would imagine, you know, like the Selena song, just here in my room, dreaming about you and me, you know, like I was like, don't do that again. I was, en- don't sing her song. I, I was enamored. Not allowed to I, do was, that. Yeah. I was something that's really weird that came up in our conversation was this fact that, and I guess it's not weird, but it was just something I never thought about, which I can see in some ways contributes to why she thinks certain a certain way. And that is that, you know, I had maybe a girlfriend or two before her, not really many myself, but she never had... I, I was her one and only, and so... I asked her the question and I said, well, how did it make you feel as far as, you know, the fact that, you know, I go out and did go out, I mean, when before we were dating and had other relationships and how you just were closed off from that. How did that make you feel? And this is what she said. Having had that opportunity, does that bear any impact on you or do you feel any certain kind of way about that or well I used to because of the friends that I used to have like they were like always telling me like you'll never know what it's like to be with another man and you know all this stuff and at first I felt really embarrassed I guess at the beginning you know I was kind of like man you know like four years in and you know I was kind of like dang I'm never gonna be a hoe (laughs) Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> my bad. <laughs> I believe you said that. Um, oh, my, my inner God, was trying to come out, you know? Um, no, like, <laughs> I did have a lot of people that made me feel stupid for, you know, never dating anyone else, settling, as they put it, or um, not exploring you know, what else is out there. And and also they shamed me for being a virgin when I got married. I mean, I got made fun of for it, you know. And um, yeah. um, now, obviously, I don't have any regrets. You know, I don't even think about that at all. Um, I do feel, um, you know, blessed that um, I found the love of my life and he was the first one and the last. Um and for a minute there, I was, like, proud of it because I was like, oh, these hoes. And I, you know, thought I was better than everybody. So I just, I, was, I mean, I was just in a mess all over the place, you know, inner hoe and inner nut. You know, I don't know. But um, now I'm just happy. I don't have judgment for the hoes for the nuns. Coming up next, this is where I ask her about the reconciliation of the changes that have taken place in her body, my body, our bodies, and how she deals with that. And so the thing is, though, is as a woman, you're a human being, okay? And you 
like to be a, a girl. You like to be, even though you have guy-like qualities. And what I mean by You're that calling me a man. That, you know, yes. In that, wow. in, you know. In that you you don't you're not the drama queen that many that I know. I think, I think um, what you're trying exist. to say is that I'm a thug nasty. Yes, you have thug nasty qualities, and those seem to be the people I like to surround myself with. Are just thug nasty people, which which says a lot about me that I am thug nasty in turn. But what I'm saying is this: what you've described right now is the fact that. Time happens. Time changes us, but time grows us. That's what it sounds like you're saying. And so with the level of change physically comes the level of of growth innerly, Mm -hmm. which is a new word, innerly. (laughs) And so what I, I guess what I'm getting at right now is that there are things as a woman that you have had to reconcile. And and what I mean by that is how have you come to terms with that? For example, um, there's this segment that talks about, you know, that people tell you, the popular society tells you, you know, like, you have a baby and you now you have the stretch marks and you earned that. And, like, how did you, going from, you know, from from high school physique to having Moses, how have you reconciled the the changes? And having this awesome body that I have now, yes. Yes. Uh, how, how, have, <laughs> how have you reconciled um, that? What have you... Well, obviously everybody struggles with body dimension, especially if they've had, like, um, I guess everybody deals with, you know, emotions differently. They have genetic makeups. They um, um, they they have you know the way that they I guess carry their fat I don't know um, so everybody is right. like unique and stuff and and I think that having finding my total fulfillment and um, definition in Christ has been really helpful because I used to really get down on myself I'm a perfectionist by just nature, I guess. I didn't even know that until, because mostly Hispanic people are not perfectionists. But anyway, some of them are. I guess some of us are. But anyways, um, I really, well, first of all, I really thought I was going to stay with that same body forever. Because, you know, naturally we were, my sister and I were thin growing up our whole life. So we didn't actually um, have body image problems until we got older. And then we started um, gaining weight together and things. And, um, so, but definitely taking it to the cross is something that I have to do every day and, and realize that that's not my definition, that the definition was that he deemed me worthy of his death, not because of me, of any merit of my own, but because of his love and because of who he is. And so that's what helps me every day. Obviously, I'm um, not in the best shape in, in the world. And um, I did, you know, the Lord allowed me to have you know, my baby, and yes, you know, I've earned my stripes, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, but I got a baby in exchange, and he's the love of my life, and, you know, I, my husband doesn't have a problem with it, and I guess if, no, if he doesn't have a problem with it because he has to see it every day, then 
you know, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry to everyone else. Um, I don't mean to be okay, you know, well, kind of attitude-ish about it or douchey. But... Coming up next, she then talks a little bit about what she does now in this reconciliation portion, her action step, I guess you could say. Really, it's just, it's, that's just it. It's how you, okay, so my Heavenly Father loves me and my husband loves me and my son is here. And so um, obviously there's things that you want to change and obviously there's for health benefits, really. If anything, I think my biggest thing with my body image is really for health benefits, really. Because, like, I you know, see. you want to you want to um, just be in optimal health um, as you, especially as you're getting older, you know, things are, don't, are not as easy as they used to be and they don't move the way they used to. And, you know, you're starting to, you know, I'm 36, so I'm starting to feel the aches and pains of the beginning stages of, of getting older. And so if anything, it would probably be more of a health thing. And, um, for me, at least, um, obviously everybody wants it. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I want to look good too. Um, and really it's just, for me, it's also like matching how how happy I am inside that, you know, now I, I'm not burdened and I'm not um, condemned to that life perpetual of I'm not good enough, you know, for God. I'm not anything, you know, um, and I'm not, I'm not anything. I am, I mean, anything, nothing. Oh, my goodness. I am dust. <laughs> but God, but God, but God has breathed into me his new life. And, and really, I want to, I, if anything, I want it to mirror what I feel inside, I guess, too. Um, so, but again, you know, it's going to be a journey and it's going to be something that is going to be step by step. And, you know, there's been a lot of falling down with that in that department with me. And, and it doesn't help that I have, you know, uh, a condition that makes it harder to lose weight. Um, but in the meanwhile, God is filling me um, with with all of that love and 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 making me, you know, not feel, but also just know that He is enough. He is enough for me. So right. it's hard, though. I mean, honestly, with all the, you know. Uh, magazines and TV shows and, you know, Kardashians, booties everywhere and, you know, I mean, her her booty's not really that great, apparently. So, you know, you're, so you're, secretly you're like, yeah, see, I knew. So now I just, I just point blank ask her, you know, does she feel beautiful as a woman? Because I know that um, I'm not a lady, but I know the ladies do struggle with this from time to time. Um, and this is what she says. Oh, and she talks about her life being in shambles. I'll have to explain more about that, too. Do you still feel pretty? Do you still feel um, attractive? Do you Are you at peace with who you are physically and mentally and spiritually? Or um, I, you know, I know that... I guess what I'm trying to say here, because I can't really, I don't really know how to answer that, because there's a lot of work in progress things that I have in my head, and, and you know, you always want a new haircut, and you wish you could get your nails done, and you wish you could lose, you know, 10 pounds or 100, whatever. Um, <laughs> like, so, you know, or you wish you had better clothes, and, you know, all those things are always just, I think, a work in progress. I am truly happy 
with the fact that it's not on me anymore. That's the, that's my, I've never been this happy in my life. In my life, it's in shambles <laughs> right now. So, um, oh, man. It is, an, it is very uh, shambly. I don't know if that's the word. But, um, <laughs> I but like it. But the thing is, is that I've never been happy with the fact that it's not up to me to do anything because I already have one that did it all. And um, so just, you know, keep allowing him to come in and come in in every part of my life, which which is my looks, obviously is part of one, and my body image and spiritually, mentally, physically, in whatever way, just fill me and, and direct me, you know, um, to... Uh, a better path and better lifestyle changes. Um, Always allowing, but always also submitting, you know, meaning that I submit to what his his, um, way is, even though I don't know everything yet. Like, I don't know the future. So submitting in every way, too, I think is something that comes with allowing. Um, So, yeah, so I am happy. Um, I love my son. And I love what God had us do as women, you know. Um, not only do we carry them, we sustain their life, we feed them in there, and then when they come out, we have them. We sustain them again with our own body. And um, so uh, I'm glad that that I had that privilege to, to carry my son and, and to, you know, have them, have them with me and feed you know, um, of my milk, and, um, yeah, so it's been a great experience, and it's been, you know, the most vulnerable experience, I think, for both of us as being parents, um, and he loves me, (laughs) and you love me, and God loves me, mostly, and so, yeah, (laughs) I don't know what else. So, you're still here? (laughs) Okay, well, I'm glad you're still here. I uh, wanted to talk about now is my perspective as a guy because there are some things that from my childhood have shaped me to ask certain questions that in my growing process has caused me to direct those questions to the heavens. So I want to talk about that, and then I want to talk about these chicken heads I see at this college. (laughs) Stay tuned. Okay, so I'll start off with the the kosher stuff here. I, uh, I grew up in a lot of love mingled with a lot of confusion, because of what happened between my mother and her, my father, wherever he is at. And so I got a lot of mixed definitions of how life is supposed to be, how one is to love another, relationships and their duration and maintenance, and... With that being said, I've come to this place where I just felt like between God, after I had left him for a little, came back, I had the hard questions because I said to myself, well, if I'm going to follow you, 
I can't be afraid to ask you some of these extremely real questions. Some of them that might make you blush. But I'm just going to hit you with it. I gave you the warning at the beginning. So the questions I started off really general. I said, Lord, well, for example, the day my mom, my dad hit my mom and the day I thought it was my fault. And I remember that day I was sitting there and um, I was playing with magnets, the ones on the TV, on the refrigerator and taking those out. I was very inventive back then, very much the way my son is now. And I remember I would go back and forth between mommy and daddy, which it's very important, by the way, folks, um, just a warning to have a, um, a, I guess, an answer that is agreed between the two, because sometimes kids go between the parents, you know. So I'd go to dad and I said, dad, you know, I want to bring snails in the house. And he's like, yeah, you know, that's like something I would say. And I go and, and to bring in, mom's like, no. And, and so I go back and forth like, dad, mom won't let me. And so I go back and forth. Eventually he gets frustrated enough, goes in there and like clobbers my mom. And so now I feel bad because I think it's me who did it. When there was things going on, you know, underneath the hood. And with that being said, you know, I ask myself the question since then, were relationships meant to last? And if they are, how on earth does that happen? And then I asked God over time, as I blame myself, I said, Lord, you know, I want to be a husband that has every reason to stay with his wife. I don't, I don't want to just stay with the old lady. I don't, I don't want to tolerate her barely. I don't want to settle with that answer that says, okay, your wife had a baby, she's got stretch marks, and now she's got these battle scars that she earned. And as a guy who's wired towards what he sees, I don't want to be like, oh, I got to settle with this, my old lady. Yeah, there's a lot of hotties out there. And I see them and I'm like, man, she's bad. And then I got to come back home to my, my, my mediocre old lady that I have to put up with, you know, like I, I would, I would much rather just not get married if that's the case. And so, you know, when we say those things about relationships that, you know, um, that, you know, you, you change, your body changes and life changes. It's like you're saying you're, you're coming to peace with death, which you do do at some point, but I just feel like it's not the, a part of me that needs... I don't think there needs to be a death. I think it's just a transformation. I think that that this next phase of our life can be an enjoyable one, if not better than the one I described with the bathwater. Um, you know, the, the thrill of, of appearance and desiring the one into which you love. And for it to still have that... That uh, that ecstasy. It doesn't have to be this. Oh yeah, you know, here she is. You know, she's a little round around the. You know, I want to be in love with the chub. I want to endure in the hard times. I want to laugh till I I can't breathe. I want to to go places and have those inside jokes that nobody else can. And it's kind of an inside joke in itself because nobody can see what I see in this woman because 
I knew what she was before, but I can So, you know, that was one of the big questions, you know. Is it possible, Lord, in the face of this broken world? Because I, it feels like sometimes that God only has answers for perfect situations. Because we always use that phrase, well, that wasn't meant to be. So God just gives us this patchwork, you know, he's just like, man, y'all done messed up. Here, do this until we can get this thing figured out. And I believe that God can make beauty out of anything. And I know that's a common phraseology, if I can use that. But I believe he can. And so, you know, the Garden of Eden, you know, was perfect. And I know Eve was just banging, so to speak, if I can use that terminology. And... She was perfect all the time, and she had probably popped some babies out and didn't have those weird, you know, changes happening to her. Maybe after, like, you know, I don't know, after Abel. I I don't know. But um, all of that to say that I believe that I think of the curse, and I think about how we have to, men, because we're wired differently, we're wired at what we see is how we process and we're logical and we see. And so change is probably very drastic and dramatic for us. And it probably comes out wrong when we talk to our spouses and we say, yeah, I have noticed that's changed. Or, yeah, I don't like that as much. It's because, in a way, it's not because we're being jerk faces. Or maybe we are. I'm not speaking for all you guys. But, like, the reconciliation is different for a guy because of the way we're wired. And I think that's why he gave us the sweat of our brow, the work, the plowing of the field to to kind of do some thinking and to keep busy in some ways. I'm not saying that's the answer to the problem. I'm just saying that we're just we're just wired differently and it's the reconciliation is probably more traumatic to us because I think you ladies are wired noodly to where you can multitask and you see the reality you face it head on and you're like hey i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to deal with this whereas we're like we act brave about it you know just like how i said one time that guys are probably more emotional than women but we just keep it inside and then die younger and and so it's like we're trying to reconcile that this world is changing incredibly fast for us and we have to deal with that and Sometimes the way we we speak about it isn't very good, but there is hope for that. There is hope for that. I believe God has an answer for that. So back to the questions coming up on the next segment, the questions that I'm asking God. And I'm bringing, I'm doing this theology, which is going to sound really weird to you guys. I've, I've been doing the study of theology for years now because I want to know for myself, not what somebody else says. I know that the Bible is foundational. I also know that we like to interpret things the way we like. I am a part of a particular denomination. Um, I, I want to experience him for myself. And what was his intention with humanity in a broken context? And he has those answers and I'm finding out with that big question, Lord, is it possible to have relationships, whether they're spousal or friendships that last beyond, you know, what you can do for me 
and if you don't, you're out, bro? Or is it possible to be with your old lady and just be madly in love with her and still enjoy her in every way? And is it possible to, um, to be reconciled with that? And the answer is yes. And it's coming to the answer to that question is going to seem like a cop-out. I ask questions like even like as I was learning my sexuality and <laughs> listener discretion is advised. Like, you know, figuring out the wedding night, I didn't know what I was doing. I knew I had the hormones. And you know how like, I mean... I mean, I knew what I was supposed to do, but I didn't know how to do it very well. So that night, I'll have to say, I mean, while you might have been a champion, I was not. I didn't know what I was doing. It was awkward because everybody built up to it. You know, tonight's the night. I'm like, why? I even told her, I said, babe, we shouldn't even go tonight because everybody's thinking about it and, and concerned about it and focused on it. And so instead, you know, she wanted to keep to it, and it was just a rough... I didn't know what to do with that thing, and I didn't even understand the women's analogy, or analogy, anatomy and physiology, you know, everything from the construct of the man and the positioning and the spots on a lady that ignite her flame, you know. The, you know, <laughs> we'll go deeper on that because um, <laughs> another episode, because... This is getting too far, but, um, you know, just things like that. And over time, you know, so I, you know, I bring God into every aspect of my life. If I see something, I'm, I'm getting, I'm nearing to the section of, of these chicken heads at, uh, at this college over here. I'll do that on the next segment. But, you know, I'm asking God these tough questions like, you know, the transition from your, uh, your family to starting your own home and, you know, God, what did you intend for? Because everything just seems so messy. You know, when dads have to let go of their daughters and, and, and boys being like mommy's little boy and having to choose between the wife and the, and the mom and all this weird stuff that we just can never seem to get right and in-laws from hell and like all this stuff, it just seems like it doesn't get better and... It seems like we desire more. We desire something else. But is it possible to just desire what you got? Is it possible to be happy with what you've got? Is it possible to love and truly love, to endure? With that conflict, if you listen to that episode about the church member that was, you know, messing with my wife, like... Do we just go our separate ways? I'm supposed to meet with them today. Um, and I'm sure that the conversation is going to lead to, you know, that we're going to probably go to church there less. And we're going to go to another. You know, it just it just seems like everything is, is broken and we just accept it. And I believe in the context of broken that God has a plan. And it doesn't have to do with us. I'm just going to tell you that. It's not about us. Because if it's up to us... I'll tell you right now, these chicken heads at this college, delicious. Every single one of them. <laughs> I'll talk about that in the next segment. I apologize for using a lot of thuggish language. You're starting to see 
some of the real aspects of me and even though I'm not you know I don't wear like a gold chain or anything or listen to angry rap music but um I and plus I don't figure anybody's listening this far anyway if you've listened this far you're insane and um but you know uh, you know when I when I go to this college you should see it I mean I was talking to my wife about it the other day and you notice that I have an open dialogue with her about some very difficult things because God can even enter there. I've asked him that. That's, that's the thing. You're going to start learning about me here. That's why my title of my show is Living for Him. It is possible. These, these difficult questions, these difficult life circumstances, you can invite God right into it. And there's always the question of lust and the question of, of other ladies and other women and the question of what guys do to alleviate the pressure they feel whenever they see something they like and and internet screens and i i've been through all of that and i know about it but i it takes courage to invite god into every aspect of your life this concept of him living in our hearts by the power of the holy spirit you hear me say it again and again and i'm sorry if it seems like i'm wearing it out but i've taken it literally because I'm tired of the pain here. I'm tired of the confusion. I'm tired of, of always being afraid and hiding. I'm tired. And so I invited him in. I invited him into that place too. And guess what? He's, he's working it out. He's working it out. And so I guess this brings me to the place. Um, and, and by the way, if you have questions about that, please do private message me because there's victory in that by the way and i think those of you who know exactly what i'm talking about you know what i'm talking about um but anyway so you know i'm going to this college and and these girls like i said i was talking to my wife about they dress up according to what they see on the internet and they put on this heavy 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 makeup they look like pharaoh's daughter with the heavy eye shade and the liner and these you know the clothing they wear and it's it's attractive they look fantastic and um the thing is is that i've come to a maturity place in my life where i would never do anything physically i would never go and say hey girl let me get your number you know like i'd never do that but the thing is is when you become aware that that god is is real and that he is in your life that you can't even entertain thoughts because it's the same thing. It's just, and so I go there and I see this stuff and I see it every single day. And, I, you know, my wife, she trusts me. She does. Um, I've never given her a reason not to. Uh, but at the same time, I've been pretty honest with her. Um, and I, And I guess not even in the way that you might be thinking. I don't you know, like walk in a store and she's on my arm or like, hey, baby, I got to tell you that that girl over there look good. I'm just being honest. Like, I don't I don't do that. I respect her. But um, I go there and and I see all of this and I ask myself the same question. You know, I've got a, a woman at home who's working to working hard for the money, who's got a son whom I love very much, but there's a lot of younger models out there that are very attractive. And where do I reconcile with that, with my my wiring and my my um my affinity and my 
my um, propensity and my carnal male nature, as they say, that I have no choice but to obey. You know, what do I do with that? And that's where this brings us close to the end of this extremely long show, that there is um, there's an answer for all of these things. And it's an answer that may not be... It might seem like a cop-out, but I'll try to give some color to it. I'm going to pause on this um, and continue the, the rest of the interview in little places and spots as I close. So, I just wanted to call in. I am in the middle of doing a late dinner for my family um, because things have been crazy today. But I wanted to call in and just say thank you to the both of you for covering this topic, for doing it with grace and with, um, what is the word I'm looking for? I don't know, elegance or something? Like, you just, you took it to the right place. So, I appreciate you. I appreciate how you came at the topic and treated it with candor and respect. And, um... Yeah, it, it, was, it was good to hear that testimony that when we give God all of our lives, he really does sort of change what we think is possible for us as people. And I think that's a great thing for us to keep talking about. People need to know that, you know? So a couple things here. I'll try to be quick. Um, I know you may have gotten a notification that said 318 Radio has favorited your station. And you probably were like, oh, so you unfollowed my station and now you want to come back and all that, 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 that. Well, no, it wasn't like that. It was an accident. So I apologize. It won't happen again. Please don't ban me or block me. And the second thing is I really enjoyed those segments that you did with your wife. And one thing that jumped out at me is that your wife is hilarious. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and go to change.org. I'm going to start a petition to have her make her own anchor station because uh, one thing anchor is lacking at times is a sense of humor and I think we need more funny people on anchor anyway seriously though I did enjoy those segments and uh, seriously I do favorite your station if there was a heart button I would hit the heart but there's only a star